0: scripture reading is from Romans 10, verses 13 through 15. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Church, would you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, please? Before we get started, would you bow with me? Father, oh my, we realize we're not the only disciples meeting today to praise the fact that your Son has made it well with our soul. Thank you for um, purchasing the sin that you did not deserve and offering us the righteousness we certainly didn't deserve. Please be with the Western Hills Baptist Church this morning as they too, like us, are trying to be the disciples that you would, um, that you've called us to be, hoped we would be. We so don't want to disappoint you, but we realize that sometimes we do, so please forgive us when we fail you. Thank you for the grace and mercy that uh, fills us to get back up and get after it again, for we ask us humbly in Jesus' name and everyone's said. Talking about uh, home building these days, Christian home building to be exact which, as we're seeing, has its own unique building code. Three of the four items that we've talked about being an integral part of those homes are, first of all, a grace foundation. Secondly, a loving, capable contractor. Third, a framework for making wise decisions. And fourth is windows of... What would you put in there? What do you think is going to be in there? Windows of... I'm listening. Opportunity... Well in two weeks I'll tell you. Actually um, it really is going to be two weeks because the mission committee has asked me to to interrupt this and to speak uh, about the incredible mission works that we have going on globally but I promise you we will be coming back to that fourth aspect of building a Christian home in just a couple of weeks the next week is Easter and so that puts us back one more week Uh, I know the suspense is driving you nuts but you'll survive I want to share probably one of the best kept secrets of our family and that is the involvement we have in global missions and you go well that's not exactly a secret Jim. no probably not the fact that we are involved in some global missions but I doubt very seriously until you may have walked into that foyer this morning you realize that we are involved right now in nine different areas around the globe in trying to reach people for Jesus Christ nine different fronts A major piece of our budget, if you have not noticed, and a major piece of our heart is that this church wants to see ordinary Chinese people, ordinary Ukrainians, ordinary Haitians, ordinary Mexicans, ordinary Tanzanians, ordinary Ghanaians, and ordinary Africans, and soon to be ordinary Brazilians being led into an extraordinary relationship with Jesus. Matthew records one of the last remarks Jesus ever made on the earth when he writes these words, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and know this, I promise I will be with you in that endeavor to the end of the age. I want you to know we're taking that challenge from Jesus, that commission of Jesus, absolutely seriously. And mom and dad, I hope you'll make it a part of your serious consideration as you train your kids to be like Jesus. I really mean this. Jesus had a go-driven heart. And if you want your kids to be like him, we want to help develop you in that same go-driven heart that we hope is a part of every one of our children that's a part of the KCC church. Trust me, you want them as soon as they are old enough to go to a place where the people there have few possessions and few freedoms so that they might see how much they have in regards to possessions and how many freedoms they have in the richest country in the world. And you need to get them there as quickly as possible. Maybe I could do this better in the form of a question. Mom and Dad, um, you have trouble getting across to your young, disgruntled consumers like I did as a parent. I gave birth to some young, disgruntled consumers in the sportsman household. I wondered how they got there, but there they were. Then one day, Tabitha and Lauren were taken across the border to a truly impoverished place. They thought that they were living in one of the most impoverished places in America. When we took them across the border and gave them a chance to take some of their toys to some kids there who actually lived in impoverished circumstances. And when they had a chance to see the streets that these kids played on, and they had a chance to see the homes that these kids lived in, and they had a chance to see some of the makeshift toys that they were playing with, it was amazing when we got home at how rich they decided they were. How much of a palace that they now lived in in and New Mexico. I promise you parents that little mission trip that we repeated a couple of years running did far more than a hundred parental tirades on gratefulness. Our girls later traveled back to build homes for some of those kids. When they got older, they took some mission trips on their own Didn't ask permission, they just went. Tabitha went to the Honduras. Lauren spent six months in Seoul, Korea. It is amazing what can happen when the have spend some time with the truly have-nots in our world. Amen. And so I'm encouraging mom and dad, as a vital part of your raising Christian children and building a Christian home, get those kids amongst some of the have-nots truly of our world and see what that does in their lives. I hope you make moms and dads mission trips as critical a part of their children, their upbringing in Christ as anything, and I'm going to underscore that, anything that we do in this church. I wish we could mandate it, similar to another faith family that exists on the globe here where they have a mandated mission effort that their kids have to go and be a part of because they're a part of that church family. But we're not mandating anything. We're not living under law anymore. It's something that we invite people to and hopefully by the the leading of our lives, encourage them to do. But oh, mom and dad, I hope you get your kids involved in every mission trip they possibly can be before they get out of the house. And one way to get them started is in a ministry that we call World Bible School. Through the internet, via mail, we put together names from all over the globe of people who say is there someone out there who would study the Bible with me and through a series of lessons and many of you know what World Bible School is all about we simply without seeing them face to face grade some papers or, or correct some things on the internet and begin a relationship that this year alone just in this church alone over 15 people have been led to Christ through. And we're probably operating at one of our lowest amount of teachers this church has ever had in World Bible School. That's just one of the ways in which we can be involved in getting our kids and starting in in mission efforts. Now, Larry and Patty Chandler just left us. Man, are we missing them. And they've been a part of that for many years. Kalita Squires has been a part of that. Uh, Jeff Giles is on that World Bible School team. And several of you others have been. And we want to encourage as many as possible You don't have to get a passport. You don't have to leave the country. From right where you are, you can help win people to Christ that are literally on the other side of the globe. Now, Chris Stort, Gary's brother, decided he didn't want to do that. He wanted more of a face-to-face, life-to-life interaction with those that he was sharing Christ with. He went to China. He is now in Guangzhou, China, in the midst of 17 million people in that one city. 17 million people on most days I don't want to be around 17 people 17 million people that's nuts but that's where our brother is now he has chosen English as a second language to bridge his heart in life into the hearts of those who are not even knowing that they need Jesus yet he teaches at the university there in Guangzhou He's been there since 2009, and what he tries to do is simply establish relationships through his students, but also, and he's found out, through the volunteer work that he does simply in the city. He heard about this Mission Emphasis Day that we we're going to be having at our church, and so he wrote me and said, please, offer my thanks to the Kerrville Church. I have money to purchase Bibles every single month because of you. Each week at our readings, we average at least one visitor who wants to learn more about Jesus again because of you. Bella was one such lady she came and knocked on our door last night around 11 o'clock and she and a few friends decided it was time to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and become a part of his family and I wanted you to know you were a part of that. I don't think some of you knew that you were winning people to Christ across the globe in China but we are. Thank you for your prayers and support some of you didn't know you were helping people from Asia come to know Jesus. Then there's a young man by the name of Valerian. He also uses Valeri. I'll say it. Trust me, I've been working on names and cities all week long, and I'm, I'm, I want some grace this morning on how well I do with that. But Valeri Kukuk, <laughs> we're just going to call him Valeria from here on out. Valeri is using the English language just like Scott is. He's a translator at the university there in different settings and helps people just simply be able to speak English and translate from the Ukraine language that he's a part of. Now, Kokrov, the place where they live, is in the European country of the Ukraine. Now, say that three times fast, all right? But Valeri came to us just about a year ago with an incredible passion to want to be able to make a difference right behind the Eastern European missions that we're already a part of. We've been sending Bibles over there for years and we've had those guys from EEM come and share their passion of just getting the word over there. Well, he wants to be a part of living in the wake of that and and being a blessing to those people who've had a chance to to be exposed to that word. And so he's organizing summer camps for kids. He's a part of an evangelistic outreach called Let's Start Talking. And this summer, we're going to be sending two of our couples right here from our church, Jeff and Debbie Giles and Mark and Vicki Coley, over to Valerie's Place to both encourage them and assist them in what they're doing this summer but also to give us a bird's eye view of exactly what that mission looks like going on over there. Now I mentioned Eastern European missions, that's been something that we've been involved with for years but what's exciting to me is it's what's taking place now with some of those Syrian refugees that have flooded that country. Monty Tuttle was here just at the first of the year and he was telling us that, that this terrible tragedy that has driven people out of their homes has driven them to Christ. In ways that never could have happened if they would have stayed there. It's amazing the links that God will go to help people experience the life-giving love of his son. And that's what's taking place. And you're having a part of that in a couple of ways. In both the Bibles that we're sending over there, simply the word of God that we're putting in people's hands. But also in Valeria and his family with Miriam and Julie, his wife and his kids. Now, I hope those things inspire you a little bit. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, in my little world that I live in, it seems like there's just so little fruit for days and weeks and months. And it seems like so little impact on this little world of mine. It helps me to know that even some of the efforts that we're doing here through our money and through our prayers and through our time is impacting literally a, in a global effort the cause of Christ. And I hope that inspires you a little bit because I've got a couple of more mission efforts I want to tell you about. The first one is one that's coming to an end. This one kind of breaks my heart a little bit because what a family. They were just recently here a couple of months ago because Stacy was about to give birth to their, th- their third child. But Garrett and Stacy East left in 2013 to go and establish a work in a remote part of Africa called Tanzania. And they are an amazing missionary couple. All you had to do was sit through one of his presentations like similar to the one that I'm giving here, but only better and to see a man who just was in love with the people he had never met in his life, didn't know the language of his entire life, but has made a difference in a way that they will never, ever forget in their lives. When they came back here for furlough, Garrett shared, he said, we were a little bit worried what was going to take place with some of the fledgling churches that we had helped to establish over there. And he said, we were so surprised. When we got back, not only were those fledgling churches doing well, they had expanded on their own. And so it's with great regret that they're coming back to the states in June a little bit early from the commitment that they had made, but they're coming back because their oldest son has some educational special needs that they need to take care of here in the states that can only be taken care of in that way here. But before they leave home, Garrett assured us he is doing his best to connect some of these fledgling churches that are doing extremely well with some of the more well-established churches in the area. Trusting that God's going to finish the good work that he's began through them. Now, if their coming back early has a silver lining, and I love God's timing on stuff like this, it is enabling us to be able to be a part of a new work in San Luis, Brazil. Now, see if you can pick out a, a young lady in that group that looks like one of our, or two of our ladies actually here. Anybody look familiar? Some of you already recognize her probably, and that's Jill in the photograph. Her husband is Justin. And they, along with two other families, were just here a couple of weeks ago sharing with us a dream and a passion they have to take the gospel of Christ to San Luis, Brazil. Now, we had no idea this was going on. We had no idea that the, the, the East were coming back and that this was going to be presented to us, but the timing of it just makes us smile. We had a chance to visit with one of the most passionate um, Equipped group of people I have ever met in my life. This group has been together for 13 years at the Northside Church of Christ in San Antonio They've been serving alongside each other getting to know one another They've already are coming to an end of a two-year commitment just to get ready to go over there Now they're about to stop their jobs here. I think in June and then they're going to be leaving I think in December the first part of, of, of January I don't know if I got the details right on all that But I know this, that is one committed group of folks and talented and gifted. I'm curious to see what they're able to do over there. They've been in San Luis twice already in their lifetimes together as a team, uh, participating in some uh, survival uh, games and, 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 and group activities that they do to team build. And they saw such an impact that they said, I think God's calling us here to widen that and deepen that impact on this community. So sure enough, they're going. This church is going to be carrying 5%, significant amount, of their monthly expenses. Now the Northside Church is underwriting 50% of that, but we're going to be carrying 5% of their expenses, and you are going to Brazil. And it's giving heartache, I promise you, to Renee and some of their family. It's mixed emotions when you allow one of your own to actually go across the globe. It. It was something that we weren't prepared for when we put Lauren Sportsman on a plane to Seoul, Korea, and over the Christmas holiday, she wasn't home where she was supposed to be. She was actually where she was supposed to be, but it, it broke our hearts. Now, I can't imagine a five-year commitment to go acro- across the globe that Renee and Steve and Amy and Rick are having to deal with. They hate the distance that's gonna be created, but they love the distance and what it's for. But that's a unique part of our giving whenever you put money in that plate as you just did a few moments ago it's taking care of people who don't know Jesus yet in Brazil of all places now in case you wondered you don't have to leave America to be involved in some incredible mission works this one right here is taking place four and a half hours south of where we live right now Ricky Pruitt has established a mission connection with a group that has been in existence since 1983, started by, of all people, Cindy's wife, and her dad. They were simply responding to a major freeze that had hit what we call the valley in 1983. CBS News was reporting on it, and it was touching their hearts. And they loaded up their car with food and blankets and love and drove down to that part of the country just to help some people who had no idea it could get that cold for that long. And put some of them literally in, in jeopardy of their lives. Now, what began as just a, a rescue effort and a relief effort became a mission effort where now over 14 churches exist, half on this side of the border and half on that side of the border. And just recently, some of these um, incredibly handsome guys hey, don't laugh at that, they're sitting here, okay? Some of these incredibly handsome guys just went down and did some work on a three bedroom, two bath house. That they're putting together for one of those faith families there. Some of the Christians that have just come to know Christ and helping them have a better lifestyle than they've ever dreamed possible. You talk about extreme makeover, this is it in real life. And you can be a part of that. Now, our teens are going to be going down June 3rd through the 9th to be a part of building another home, painting another house, and partnering with another youth group to help bring the love of Christ to that part of the world. Our men are going to be going back in the fall on a, on a Thursday through Sunday mission trip again. This was just kind of a, um, an icebreaker. This is to go down and put our foot in the water and see if we really could be used there. And sure enough, these guys came back and said, no, no. They could use our help and those who go down there will get so much more blessing than they will ever offer. And so we're going to be going back in the early fall as a part of our men's ministry here at this church. So please, church, know you can be a part of that effort. Now, last year, by God's grace and by your generosity, I had a chance to be a part of a mission effort. I had never gone on one that had caused me to leave our country before, other than Mexico, just below us. I was invited. Oh, I'm sorry, I wanted to show you the team first. Now, I know that some of you are probably stunned thinking, those two people are way too good looking for foreign missions, but they aren't. They really aren't. Humble, but they, are, they really are nice people, except for the guy there in the gray hair and the beard. Um, that's in Kamazi, Africa, just before we took an eight-and-a-half-hour trip by plane and bus to get to Bazua Christian Academy. You guys have heard of the Ghana effort, which really is the cornerstone of our mission program here at KCC. Ever since 2003, when Jerry and Fran went over there to help start building a school there. They actually started loving on the Ghanaian people in the year 2000. But around 2003, 2004, they said, you know, if we want them to be able to read these Bibles that we're bringing, we're going to first have to teach these people how to read. And so in that heavily inundated Muslim culture, Jerry and Fran and several of you here from this church begin establishing a school now that has over 300 children in it. And it's not just the amount of kids that are present there. What stuns me is is that every single year they continue to carry on this mantra, this uh, reputation they have of 100% success ratio of graduating those kids from that school into the high school. No other academic setting can come close to that. We're talking about by 50 percentage points or more. And so it's amazing not only just that it's in place, but when we went there to see the quality of the teaching these kids were getting, to see the respect level of those kids as they interacted with with their teachers, it was just flat out amazing. We got a chance to be a part of it. And while I was there, God said, Jimmy, I want to teach you a little bit of lesson about gratitude yourself when he invited us into these headquarters here, where we actually stayed. And the guy there in blue has what's called a guinea fowl. Now, I didn't know what was about to take place here, but when I walked into that room, that guinea fowl was being held upside down, head straight down, and he didn't move. Not for five minutes, not for 10 minutes, not for almost 15 minutes. And what I was hearing coming from the translator just touched my heart but at the same time, I'll get to it in a minute, concerned my heart. It touched my heart because this gentleman here is the dad of one of the girls in that school you sponsor, Ladies Bible Class. Some of our ladies here have put together money so that they can send over there and pay for the tuition of one of the Ghanaian girls there so that she can go to this school, and that's her dad. And this this amount of money that we send over there may seem like pennies to us, but it just doesn't fit in their budget anywhere over there and so here's this man who literally walked miles in 90 degree weather to bring us a guinea fowl and again he's holding that thing like this and it's not moving and i'm saying i'm hearing this story and it's touching me but remember i was a meat processor once and i'm sitting there looking at this bird that is dead and i'm thinking how long has that bird been dead i mean 90 degree heat miles walking here And so how do you do that? You know, you're being touched at the one time, and I'm going, I ain't eating that. Ain't no way I'm eating that. And then the guy in blue goes to present it to Jerry, and the bird came to life, and I said, thank God. (laughs) Now, they thought I was praising the dad. I was praising the bird. (laughs) It was nuts. Yes, we ate guinea fowl that night, and it was good, (laughs) But God taught me a lesson in gratitude there that I promise stays with me today on those days that I don't think I have enough of something. And all I have to do is think back to and remember I have everything. Not just in Christ, but I mean everything that I need in this place. Another part of the world that truly struggles with having enough is Haiti. Didn't know much about Haiti and, and all that was going on there. Yeah, I heard some of the blips on the on the newsreels about the, the terrible earthquakes that were going on there, but thanks to Jeff and Debbie Giles, who had been going down before they even moved here, um, we now have an idea of the desperate needs that are a part of Haiti, maybe in some ways even more so than in Ghana. Those two huge earthquakes that have taken place in the last decade have just ravaged that country. Not just a city, but that country. And the disease, and just the heartbreak of trying to reconstruct something out of, in one of the most impoverished places already in the world, and in the midst of one of the the most witchcraft and voodoo inundated places you could ever go, it's just stunning. Ken, uh, Ken and Rhonda Beaver, we're here with us a couple of weeks ago. And by God's grace, we joined efforts with the Riverside Church of Christ and we had this breakfast downtown and some of the folks that Debbie and Jeff know from the community came and joined us and over $25,000 was raised for this particular ministry. And that's just such a drop in the bucket of what's needed there. But oh my goodness, I wanted you to know you've got a mission stake in Haiti. And I was in the back. We were, we were high-fiving. We had a chance to go to that breakfast and hear some of the stories. Debbie did one of the presentations there, and it was, it was excellent. And I had no idea. What, I, I was thinking Seven, 8000 They raised $25,000, and I'm just stunned. And we're celebrating that out there in the foyer. When Ken tells me one of the, the most heart-wrenching stories I've ever heard, and yet at the same time one of the most touching stories I've ever heard in my life about any mission effort anywhere. He told me the story about a lady by the name of Chris Forty-two years old, never had the opportunity to go to school, doesn't read or write, speaks a little Creole, which is kind of an offshoot of French, doesn't know really how to speak French, she's not married, has ten kids, five boys, five girls. They range from three years old up to 24 years old. Nine of them still live with her. She receives no financial help from any of the fathers of her children. There's no way in the world this woman could afford to send her kids to school. Because just like in Africa, it costs a family money just to send them to elementary school or preschool. But this year, she's got a three-year-old boy who's in preschool. And this year, she has a daughter who's in first grade because of Hope for Haiti's children. Kersemi used to earn a living making and selling straw mat beds. Very intricate weaving patterns are necessary to make those beds. She had such a thriving business that it made most of her neighbors jealous the amount of income she was bringing in from it. But last year, Krisimi will tell you that she, she had more treasure in her life than ever before when she gave her life to Jesus Christ. She became a member of the Tomatsu Church of Christ, which meets in the Hope for Hades campus. Now most of her neighbors believed strongly in voodoo to the extent that they began to cut off food that they were giving to her for the help of raising her children. But it wasn't just that they cut her off from something, they actually began to persecute her in a physical way. They poisoned the table that she worked on making her mats, her mat beds. And because of the poison that was on that table whenever she began to work on those mat beds, it ruined the nerves in her hands that she could no longer make those beds. And despite that persecution, Krisemi continued to pray for them, sharing with her neighbors donated items that the U.S. teams brought to her, even giving a goat to one of the most ugly treating women that started persecuting her. Ken told me that in January, Haiti has a National Independence Day. Now, we do black-eyed peas here. They do pumpkin soup. But that pumpkin soup for years was only allowed by the masters of slaves to eat, not the slaves themselves. But when independence was reached for Haiti, that became a moniker of freedom for that country. And so every January 1st, they celebrate by having pumpkin soup together, their freedom as a country. Well, the church there loves that tradition. And so they invited literally not, everyone, not only everybody in the church, but also everyone they could invite to come to the church and be a part of that celebration. Well, Chrysimi made sure that her neighbors were invited. And guess what? They came. They came for the suit. They heard a message. And several of those neighbors came to Christ. Now, Ken tells that story a lot better than I do because it's part of his heart and his life. I'm just trying to make sure I get the details right. But it's a part of my, I'm going, living out right here in front of me is a woman who has nothing. Who finishes the story by saying, I have everything I need in God and Christ. My only hope is for my children to become Christians. That's all I hope for. I want to be that wealthy. We want to continue to help in any way that we can. Hope for Haiti's children. You can do that by sponsoring a child. You can do that by making a donation to the ministry. Jeff and Debbie will be glad to show you how you can be a part of any of that. That's one of the children that they sponsor there in Haiti. Last but not least, I'm gonna tell you about a mission you already know about. We wanna talk about mission efforts that you don't have to go very far to be a part of. This is one of them. By God's grace, several years ago, You were given the opportunity to be able to host uh, the children and staff from the Medina Children's Home to help give them a church family to go along with the restart in life that their Together Moms are getting. And sometimes, for some of these kids that are orphans themselves, a chance at family like they've never experienced before. And you said yes. And every single week we have the incredible blessing to be able to love on, encourage, and be a part of I still think one of the best mission efforts stateside in America. And I'm hoping with all my heart, if you're saying to yourself, but I'm not involved in any of that, that that changes. We have a a Lord and Savior who has a go-driven heart. And we're doing our best to emulate Him and be like Him and, and not just having a couple of ministries that do that, but being those ministries that do that. Four ways you can be involved in missions in our church. First is offering financial support. And some of you are already doing that. Many of you are already doing that. When you put any money in that plate, it is divided up and set out to these nine-plus mission efforts that we have literally going on across the globe. Please continue to do that, but do it knowing that you have a stake in Brazil. You have a stake in Ghana. You have a stake in Africa. You have a stake in Medina. You have a stake in all of these mission efforts just by saying, You know, I can do less with this for myself so that Christ can do more for the body of Christ. Thank you for the financial support that you give. Secondly, you can offer your prayer support. Now, I hate the fact that many of us hear that and go, yeah, we we do that. I don't mean the general prayers. I mean specific prayers for these specific ministries. I can guarantee you, talk to any missionary in any field anywhere, they would rather have your prayers than have your money. Now, they need the money too, but they realize that there are things that those prayers will do, money will never do. And so they will ask you, please, to pray this prayer that Paul asked to be prayed for him. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. I don't know who's your hero. I don't know if it's somebody who throws a tight spiral. I don't know if it's somebody who dunks a basketball. I don't know if it's somebody who hits a little white golf ball into a cup 45 feet. I don't know who your heroes are. If it's somebody who experienced a tragic accident and they fought back from that to be able to be whatever. A better athlete, a better mom, a better dad. I don't know who your heroes are, but please hear me, church. My heroes are these men and women who leave the comforts of this place and the safety and the freedoms and security of this place and go anywhere in the name of Christ. Even if it's across the border in Mexico, which we know has become dangerous and almost by the day, and hopefully that's going to change but I don't know if it will. We have a chance to be involved in missions on every level that I've mentioned so far and two more. Here's the third one, offering encouragement. If there's another one just below, valuing prayer, we we, we, we don't value encouragement, at least in this country, I think like the missionaries do out there on the field. Just hearing some positive and when they're in the midst of such spiritual warfare is so encouraging. So much so that we decided if we're going to have a missions day, we're going to give everybody here a chance to be involved. Now the first one I just ran by by not looking at my notes clearly enough is right there in front of you. If you'll pull out one of those visitor's cards. I know I said members weren't going to fill these out. But we're going to use those for a different purpose today since we're not using them for attendance. Pull out one of those visitor's cards. And what I'm going to be inviting you to do, you don't have to do this. But what I'm going to be inviting you to do is to go back through the hall out there and these mission expos and to find one of them that just for seven days you put on your specific prayer list and say, God, would you please open a door for the message of Jesus Christ for these brothers and sisters who've left so much to give everything. Now, there's also going to be out there these little cards. They're encouragement cards that if, that if you can pin two or three or four lines to a specific group of folks, especially this new group that's going to San Luis, Brazil, It's so demanding leaving here and getting there. And right now they're in that in-between stage. And if you can encourage them in the process, that would be great. If you'll just fill that out, we'll make sure that it either gets to them via mail or via email. One way or the other. All you need to do is fill out your encouragement, leave it on the table, and we'll make sure it gets there one way or the other. Some we don't have addresses for, physical addresses. Some we can just simply send through email, so please make that available. Now the last one is this you can offer you. And I hope with all of my heart this morning, yes, that you give some financial support, yes, that you give some prayer support, yes, some encouragement, but I really hope that this message inspires some of you to say, I could do that. I could get involved. Wholeheartedly. Lock, stock, and barrel. This included. Because I promise you, when Jesus began with his little troop of missionaries they were just ordinary folks like us a couple of fishermen an accountant some tradesmen and i was just sitting there thinking this week as i was wrapping up the final words for this message saying well we got a gutter salesman here we got a city worker that works that goes to church here we got some coaches that go to church here got some homeschool moms that go to church here we're just ordinary people too Whom he can't wait to do extraordinary things through. If we'll just let him. Lord, we come to you this morning thanking you for these opportunities that you've put before us as a church. We don't deserve them. We just don't. But you have so graced us and blessed us that we want to share those blessings with literally the world. Would you show us how to do that? Thank you for including us in your mission and making sure that you put a person with the words of truth and the love of truth in our lives to steal our hearts towards you. Thank you for this day that we can offer back and say, would you please take this sack lunch of a message and would you transform it, Father, into an inspiration that would help us do even greater things than we've been involved with so far. We appreciate the chance to do anything with your name on it. What an honor. And we say humbly in Jesus' name, God, please let your grace reach the world through us. And everyone said, let's stand, in church. Let's sing about this grace that reaches us.